Grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The text for today comes from John chapter 1. Nathanael said to Jesus, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Dear friends in Christ, there was a university professor who had a particular way with his timings when he gave exams. He would say to his students at the beginning of his exams, you have one hour to complete this exam, and when the hour is up, you will line up in orderly fashion and place the exams in a neat pile on my desk. Failure to comply is failure on the exam. One student who took his class, who was probably not as prepared or obedient as he should be, devised a plan to give him some more time during the exam. He sat at a desk that was shielded from his professor's view when the students stood in line to hand in their exams. With this clever plan in place, when the professor announced that the exam was over, the young man thought, who thought he was so clever continued to write on his exam. And before he knew it, lost in his work, he looked up to see only he and the professor were left. The professor, with a look of anger on his face, said, Young man, come here. The young man went down to the professor's desk and the professor said, I told you, one hour and only one hour, and I told you the consequences as well. The young man looked the professor in the eye and said, Do you know who I am? The professor was taken aback by the assertiveness of this young man. Do you know who I am? The young man asked again. Professor said, no, I don't. The young student lifted half of the exam pile and placed his exam in the middle of the pile and placed the rest back on top and said, good, turned on his heel and left. <laughs> Jesus might ask the question of us, do you know who I am? Jesus, just who is this guy? When Nathaniel first hears that Philip has found the one whom Moses and the prophets talk about, I'm sure he was thinking, finally the Messiah has arrived, but his hopes are quickly dashed when he finds out that this man is from Nazareth. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asks. And I'm sure he is thinking, if nothing good comes from Nazareth, can the highest good come from there? Even so, Nathaniel follows Philip's invitation to come and see. Nathaniel must have thought, who is this guy? It is the same question that was asked by the crowds in Jesus' ministry. We hear in the book of Luke, once when Jesus was praying privately with his disciples, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? It is the same question that the disciples ask when Jesus is asleep in the boat and the disciples fear for their lives for the storm. And they wake Jesus. And Jesus calms the storm with a word. And Mark tells us they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. It is the same question that is later asked in the book of John when Jesus is confronted by the Jews and they ask him outright, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Herod asked the question when the people were saying that Jesus was John the Baptist who had come back from the dead. Herod says, I beheaded John the Baptist. Who then is this that I hear such things about? When Jesus heals the invalid by the pool in John chapter 5, the Jews ask the healed man, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your bed and to walk? 
It's the same question the crowds ask on Palm Sunday. Scripture tells us when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they ask, who is this? Just like in Jesus' time, like it or not, people of this day and age are confronted with the very question, who is Jesus? Whether it's leaving the Christ in Christmas or the young people asking me, what is Easter all about? Whether it's singing, God keep our land glorious and free, or God save the queen. Whether it be the crosses that adorn our churches or old architecture in, say, our nation's capital. Or the witness of faithful Christians such as yourself in everyday life. Jesus is apparent in our culture and in your lives, and he can't be avoided. And eventually, people have to ask the question, who is this guy? All through history, people have tried to answer the question from their own point of view. A well-known Greek writer and historian from the second century named Celsus says this of Jesus. He says, Jesus invented his birth from a virgin. He was born of a poor woman of the country. She wandered about for a time. She disgracefully gave birth to Jesus, an illegitimate child who having hired himself out as a servant in Egypt on account of his own poverty and having acquired some miraculous powers there on which the Egyptians greatly pride themselves, he returned to his own country, highly elated on account of his powers, and by means of these powers he proclaimed himself God. Hegel, the philosopher, wrote about Jesus among the improvers of ideal humanity. He stands in the very first class and remains the highest model of religion within our reach and our thought. Renan, the French rationalist, said of Jesus, Jesus is unique in everything and nothing can compare with him. He is a man of colossal dimension. When a person in their own rational thought or their own imagination tries to define or describe or depict Jesus, they may say, like Celsus did, that Jesus was a lunatic or a liar. Or they may say, like the philosophers, they define Jesus as a man of greatness, a teacher of renown, an ideal for humanity, a model for mankind. The world today may claim that Jesus is a myth or a legend, but in fact, Jesus is so much more. Nathaniel questioned, can this really be the Messiah from Nazareth? He was surprised when Christ revealed himself to be all-knowing by saying he saw him under the fig tree. In that moment, Nathanael recognizes Jesus for whom he really is, and he exclaims it, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus was so much more than Nathanael expected. And this exclamation of him being God is not unusual in Scripture. When Jesus asked the disciples, Who do you think that I am? Peter replies, You are the Christ of God. Jesus' disciples, when they're in a boat, when they see Jesus walk on the water to them, later they exclaim, truly, you are the Son of God. God the Father says of God the Son, both in his baptism and transfiguration, you are my Son. The Pharisees asked Jesus for a plain answer to the question, are you the Christ? Jesus answers, yes, it is as you say. And in Luke, they ask him, are you the Son of God? He replied, you are right in saying that I am. Thomas, who doubts that Jesus had risen from the dead, sees Jesus with his own eyes, and he says, My Lord and my God, the world might ask, Who is this Jesus? But then they add, And what's the big deal? This is not just a big deal. It is the biggest deal, the greatest deal of all time. And the deal is this. 
that Jesus took on flesh. He is God in the flesh, not just a man, not a model for mankind, not a myth or a legend, not an ideal, but God in the flesh, God incarnate, who so loved this world, a world that it turned its back on him, a world that revels in its sin and clings to it, a sinful people that cannot by their own means, ministration, or muscle save themselves. This one true God chose to take on human flesh. He was stripped and whipped, splattered with spit, battered with fists, pierced with nails, crowned with thorns, hammered down and lifted up on a cross to bear your sins and mine in his body, to die a wretched death, to give you the promise of everlasting life. What Nathaniel and the disciples saw in the flesh, we see in the word by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. Without Christ, there is only death, despair, depravity, and damnation. But in Christ, there is forgiveness and peace and life everlasting. Dear friends, you, like Nathaniel, know that Jesus is so much more than a man from Nazareth. God has given you eyes of faith to see the Christ, the God-man who gave his life for you, and now he sits at the right hand of God the Father, speaking for you, protecting you, leading you, and loving you. God the Son gave his life for you on the cross so that now you are forgiven. And he rose from the dead to show you that the grave could not hold him, and so shall it hold you neither. Who is this Jesus? He is the one true God. He is the Savior of the world. He is your Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.